Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the SVT Podcast. I am with my guys, Sam and Vince. How y'all fellas doing tonight? Everything's good, man. Uh, you know, I'm a little worried. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm super excited to talk, uh, sports with you guys. How's, uh, how's Tim doing on our ones and twos over there? What, what? It's one and then two and. (laughs) love it oh that's great uh so big day uh big night big show everything's been big this whole week uh we had nfl playoffs uh kicking off uh we'll be getting to that shortly uh big uh night for the nba too as far as their uh fans that attended a certain game in a certain uh southern state i think it's southern we'll call it southern oh yeah yeah they're southern um couple news about the old MLB. We're going to get into that in a, a fellow someone who's going back because he couldn't get anywhere with the two places that he agreed to have contracts with. And then uh, we'll round out the night with a good old sharky uh, duck hunt and see where we're at with there. So right off the bat here, let's go with uh, Vincey and hit us with some playoff scores here. All right. So with the scores, here we go on Saturday, wild card weekend. Excuse me, super wild card weekend. Got to get the name right. Uh, the first game out of the bat, uh, off the bat, was San Francisco 49ers all over Seattle, 41-23. They pulled away in the second half and didn't look back. And Jacksonville, surprisingly, in the one of the top three biggest comebacks in playoff history. Yeah, baby. They come back 31-30 over the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, we'll, we'll dive into all these games in further detail. Let's get through the rest of these scores. Buffalo on Sunday survive against Miami 34-31. Almost blew up everybody's bracket there. New York Giants end up with the upset over Minnesota 31-24. Cincinnati Ends up holding on against Baltimore, another almost bracket buster game. 24-17, Cincinnati does hold on. And then on Monday Night Football, the Dallas Fraud Boys end up beating the Tampa Bay Fraudineers 31-14. So, uh, so let's let, let's uh, dive into the games that, uh, that happened. Let's uh, circle back to the Niners game first. Uh, Seattle was actually up 17-16 at half. Uh, but uh, I was not really worried. You guys actually asked me in the chat, hey, Vince, you worried? You vapor locked to your seat? And I said, no, I have my eyebrows gently raised up. Uh, and then when the second half started and the Niners started scoring touchdowns instead of field goals and Seattle couldn't get anything going, that's when I was like, lowers eyebrows because I, I, I was not concerned at all. Um, I was very confident and the Niners went out and handled business. Brock Purdy is... Uh, looking more and more like he might end up actually being the dude. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, I like to believe that you can make a prediction, but you can, you also need to stay water, you know, like Bruce Lee used to say, uh, if, if, if something moves, if, if something changes, go with the flow, man, be water. So, uh, I'm I believe willing- the, the phrase was, you must be like water, the cup. Water right. becomes the cup. That's right. <laughs> um, but the, the point is, um, I think Brock Purdy as, uh, obviously he's been crushing it and it's going to make the decision in the off season that much more difficult, the better, uh, as he continues to play absolutely lights out football. Uh, I'm not willing to back off on my stance just yet because I do believe 
that it will be an open competition at quarterback, no matter what going forward for the, uh, in the off season. And I think Trey Lance may even uh, be named at least initially he'll get the first, the first shot with the first team. And it just kind of depends on who plays better in the preseason games. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm certain whatever happens, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so Go ahead, guys. Go ahead and tell me why I'm wrong. All the reasons, everything <laughs> you said. <laughs> like to to just um, if he if he wins the Super Bowl, man, he is week one starter. Maybe probably. I you know what? I, that would be tough to argue. I just I I don't know. I, I'm not willing to. I make that commitment until what don't I you know. I understand <laughs> what does you know? your your point of view about the draft capital yeah. and what I get that, but the, the winning the Super Bowl wa- it washes that away. That's that's a very good point, but he hasn't won the Super Bowl yet. I can only react to what has happened thus far, and I'm willing to change my opinion should I be given new information. That's what we tell everybody, right? If you receive new sure. data. You can make an opinion. You can make more informed decisions. I'm just saying, as of right now, as it stands right now in this moment, it's still going to be an open competition. If the Niners continue to win and move forward, I am willing to reevaluate that. But as it stands right now, it's still going to be until uh, until the Niners get to the Super Bowl and win and you know hopefully win it. Then then we can have that discussion. Until then, I can only evaluate to this point. So that's Look, all I'm going to say on that for now until Tyler says something and makes me have to jump in again. I will tell you this. <laughs> I am one foot in with you, Vince. And I am one foot out. All right. Okay. And let me tell you this. You do not win that game. If you had, uh, uh, the fuck's his name that broke his fucking ankle. Jimmy, Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy G. You do not win that game. If you have Jimmy G now to say Brock Purdy looked good. He is a flat-out lie, in my opinion. He looked horrible in the first half. And you win that game because your superstars did what they were supposed to do. Debo Samuel bailed you out. Christian McCaffrey bailed you out. That defense bailed you out. Brock Purdy didn't win that game. The superstars that you paid won that game. So to say that Brock Purdy is the man, I'm not willing to lean on that fence after watching this playoff game, but it is also his first playoff game. So that's why I'm half in, half out. He got the jitters. Then he gave the ball to Debo Samuel in the second half, and the history was written. He got calm, started stepping to the pocket, stopped going out to the left and throwing the ball to God knows who knows in the in oh, yeah, there were, 35 abs- row C. He so. absolutely <laughs> missed guys completely in the first half, and that was absolutely playoff jitters. I'm certain of that. But he did look I'm, a lot better in the second half. And I'm not ready to jump on and say that he's the guy, but he looked good in the second half got completely bailed out by an awesome offense. And I'm on the fence with you about saying that, you know, if he doesn't make it past the next round, will he be your starter going into the season? He's, I think he's earned that right to be so if Jimmy G is not here. But then again, I think it also should be a a QB battle camp. You did give draft capital to Trey Lance for that reason. But I still think I'm leaning 51%. Brock Purdy, if if the season ended next week, 51% Brock Purdy, 49% Trey Lance. I think if this if, if the Niners 
shit the bed against the Cowboys this uh, coming week, then it absolutely is Trey Lance as QB one going into the offseason programs. Um, I, I I don't think I think that they need to be able to give Trey Lance every opportunity. Let's not forget this was supposed to be the year he takes over. He started that first game against Chicago, and that was a fucking monsoon. Nobody looked good in that game, okay? So so I write that one off. And then he gets injured in the second game before he had a chance to really uh, start doing anything Trey Lance uh, is supposed to be able to do. So I'm, I think a lot of people are forgetting uh, a lot of the intangible, a lot of the tangible skills that Trey Lance does have. Uh, they kind of just forgot about it because if you, you know, you see what's in front of you and Trey Lance is not in front of us right now. He's not out there on the field making plays. I, I will, I will say this though. Trey Lance does. It's supposed to be his year. It's supposed to be his team. But Todd Gurley said the most famous quote that I can think of your best ability is your availability. And I oh, know yeah. that Mike Shanahan, I mean, uh, uh, Shanahan's playbook made him, I think he got hurt because of Shanahan's playbook. Instead of running outside, he ran up the middle. It's a terrible call to do with your QB. But still, your best ability is your availability. And right now, Brock Purdy is your best player right now at quarterback position. No, that's absolutely true. And um, But uh, again, it's just a matter of, I'm going to keep circling back to it. It, it is the draft capital. They're going to give Trey Lance every opportunity to prove that um, that he isn't the guy, or or at least that Brock Purdy is a better guy. They're going to give Trey Lance the first bite of the apple. I guess is is the only point I'm trying to make. Um, that being said, uh, if they do keep winning and keep going forward again, I'm willing to reevaluate and change because that's what grownups do. They get new information and then they reevaluate and make better informed decisions, better informed statements. So yeah, as of right now, grown up. <laughs> guess not. I'm just like watching a guy ball out playing the quarterback position, which is probably the most difficult position in professional team sports. Um, it's not just, uh, I remember being guilty of this, of, of thinking that this guy was going to be sacked left and right. And I remember hearing a lot of, uh, talking heads you know the 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 big um higher up the espns the fox sports and si.com saying like he's not very athletic and this dude is avoiding sacks uh you know this last week he avoided a sack rolls out and throws a a strike yeah um, so it's, he's surprisingly athletic more athletic than anybody really gave him credit for but it's the it's between the ears it's the decision making it's in his first year and you have like do you think this is his ceiling or is he going to get better i'm physically maybe we could say this is his max physically maybe we can say that because we don't know but mentally you have to think if the dude got the offense this quick like what can he do moving forward and has Trey Lance ever shown that has Jimmy Garoppolo shown that, I mean, Jimmy G's a, a relatively big dude. He has all of the physique. He has the look of what he has, everything that we think a starting quarterback should be, you know, but he hasn't, he, I know he got to the super bowl and 
there's the one throw, you know, there's a few throws, but there's the big throw where he missed the, missed the touchdown. Yeah, that that uh, third and long. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But we can also talk about the missed interceptions, you know? Um, so what I'm getting at is Jimmy G hasn't even looked this good in this offense um, ever. And he's been in it for years. So I just think when, when we say not that, you know, when people are criticizing Brock Purdy now, I don't know if this guy's going to be a hall of famer, but I think he's, this is hell of a lot more than a flash in the pan. And it's more, what we're seeing is his mental capacity to make decisions. And I don't think we've seen a quarterback in the Kyle Shanahan system play it better. Um, not as a 49er. Um, he had the MVP season with Matt Ryan in uh, Atlanta and uh rg3 had a had a had a great year um i'm just saying man he's they look lockstep understand yeah everything no, no, um, i i i actually agree with you and um i'm very pleased with how brock Purdy has played thus far and i think part of my reservation is you know it's the it's the old school um nfl thinking about like you know a rookie they're going to make mistakes at some point and I'm a little bit scared that he hasn't really made mistakes at this point. And so I'm wondering are you, when that shoe is going to drop, if that scared? shoe is going to drop. But I'm, are you scared because of Jimmy G and you're used to that? Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, that, that could be part of it. You know, I, I could be a little facing a little uh, PTSD from, uh, you know, Jim, bad Jimmy showing up when we needed him least, you know? Uh, so, I so, I mean, to, to, uh, that's to, why, to that's why one... I'm like um, very cautious about how i'm uh you know really getting hyped for brock purdy uh because i'm excited every time he plays and and he's done nothing but give me re you know hope and uh it's just you know old habits die hard i guess and that circles back to being water and if he plays well again this week uh, i might just throw all my old takes in the trash you know and and go forward i don't know you know we, we just gotta see how it goes i'll just to finish off my point about uh this situation too is i heard a really interesting um thing on the radio where they were talking about um how tom brady plays the quarterback position where you know he doesn't have the the biggest arm he what he didn't have the strongest arm to hit certain throws um but he used that weakness to an advantage i think it was michael irvin talking about how he played the quarterback position inside out is how uh, Michael Urban described it. Um, and that he used his inefficiencies, um, people that what they called weaknesses, uh, he was able to to do other things and exploit the weakness of a defense, which was his strength. Um, and I see a little bit of that in Brock Purdy where he's not, he's not risking throws that are like clearly um, triple defended. You, you know, he's not making like throws that would be high percentage interceptions. Um, even the play where like things get weird, you know, the where you put the ball on a spot and it has opportunity to be tipped up for an interception. Um, there's all these little tiny things with his decision making. And I think he's a, a passer who can run. Um, I think he's going to develop into a pocket passer who has the ability to run where Trey Lance, I think he's more of a runner learn, learning how to pass. And I don't think it's, I'm not out on Trey Lance's potential. Um, 
or his, you know, what he can do as an NFL quarterback, I think he might, he might be, you know, a, a day late and a dollar short, you know, he just might arrive a little bit later than what the 49ers front office hoped for. And they might've fell into a real steal with Brock Purdy. And I would say, would you, you know, if Trey Lance flashes, but ha if you're the 49ers and you have injury concerns, would you be able to get anything back for Trey Lance on his potential? So I don't know. It's fun. It, no matter how the season ends for the 49ers, they're going to be a 365 day talking point because how it ends in this quarterback situation, even, even if doubt it ends with Dallas and Purdy throws four interceptions, they lose. You're still going to have, well, he looked really good for that winning streak in that first playoff game. Is he going to compete? So it, it's just going to be interesting how it all unfolds. I want to get the train rolling here and, and we're, we're still going to stay with the 49ers here. I just had one question and we'll leave here. Okay. Um, Sam, to you, to your point here, you know, he looks great in these games and in, in the, in the 10 game or nine games, I think he's played or something like that. Right. So I think it's something like that. But anyways, about seven, does he still look good in your eyes? And we're going to play a devil's advocate. I don't know if you can answer it, but maybe you can. Does he still look good if he doesn't have the, stud talent that's around him do you still think that he'll make those good decisions you know let's say we keep the same old line that he's got right now but just not the same wide receiver talent do you think he still makes that same decisions i mean do i think they have like a 10 game winning streak or you know whatever winning streak maybe not um but i still think uh what's going on between the ears you know the brain the capacity the decisions i think that would still show up Okay. Um, maybe, maybe he doesn't have, uh, the wide receivers or running back the, the skill positions that he has, but I still think he would, you know, show flashes, maybe not be as consistent because he, you know, he gets bailed out a lot. I mean, you know, yeah, he, he's got a great tight end and, and a great running back. That's a young quarterback's best friend, you know? So, you know, he has those things, but you know, Hey, these are the cars that he's dealt and he's sure looking all the part and that's really all we can judge on we can we could say this could be Trey Lance if he was healthy but he's not you know he he's not and the same that's thing a with good Jimmy, point. Jimmy Garoppolo so I'm just good, saying that good point. the evidence the evidence right now says this dude's really fucking good <laughs> you know right now um, yeah, I, I think he's 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 definitely bailed out by by the benefits that are around him here. Um, I, I do want to we'll circle back to the 49ers here. And the reason being is because I want to talk about the Monday night, uh, the Dallas and the Tampa Bay game, which will ultimately lead us back to the 49ers anyways. So uh, okay. any, let's, let, any let's your, dive into that. So obviously, Dallas looked pretty dominant the whole game, minus their kicker who what hit he missed four out of five. So. Four out of five. Yep. Uh, doink, 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 doink. So Mayor, Mayor definitely had the yips um, that game, but I think Dallas converted two uh, fourth downs, which both resulted to touchdowns. So uh, Dak threw five touchdowns. I think he threw for like 370 yards or something crazy like that. So, um, I mean, Troy Aikman said that was Dak's uh, best game he's ever seen him play, and you and you know Troy Aikman sees every single Dallas Cowboy game. Um, so I don't, I don't watch that much Dallas Cowboys. I've, I've only seen, you know, highlights and games over the years. 
Um, but they looked really good. I, I think I picked Tampa Bay. I'm pretty sure I did. I said, you know, Tom Brady's not going out like that. Um, I said Dallas was going to lose the game more than Tampa Bay won the game. Um, and I was wrong, you know. But now I'm really excited for the Dallas Cowboys opponent. Yeah, I think I think one thing that is telling to me in what I if I were you, Vince, and I'd be a little concerned. Um, and I've said this even when, you know, the Cowboys beat the Eagles in, in week 14, it was or 15, it was that um, their run defense is pretty good. It's not it's not a fluke. Micah Parsons is pretty good. They're getting back that that Vanderblock kid. Um, so it's going to be a good run defense. You can beat them in the secondary, but they're going to make you a one dimensional team. And I guess my concern is that Micah Parsons isn't a conventional linebacker. He sets up where he thinks the weak spot is and that that's not a usual thing. And I'm curious as to what you think, Vince, is that Brock Purdy looked a little troubled by soft pass or pass rushing that I think he ended up having to roll out and then they figured it out in the second half. But Dallas's defense is a completely different animal. Are you at least worried about this defense at all? Um. Dallas's defense is obviously um, uh, better than Seattle's defense. I'll start with that. Okay. Hot take. I know. Um, <laughs> um, that being said, I, I think because like their run defense is obviously great, but when, when have they gone against Christian McCaffrey, you know, and Christian McCaffrey specifically in the 49ers offense in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which turns everyday schmucks into fucking pro bowl running backs. I mean, uh, we, we look at, uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, he, he was fast, but he couldn't get any playing time until he was 30 years old and on the 49ers. And he became, you know, the Raheem Mostert that fantasy football players loved until he got hurt. Um, same with Jeff Wilson jr. That was another guy that was just off the scrap heap and suddenly was, you know, a, a winner for people that, play fantasy football keeps circling back to fantasy football but you know statistically a lot of people really loved him and i mean hell even um uh who was the the running back uh um uh, that, that uh that was uh he was on atlanta and came over to the 49ers uh with uh he was backing up oh fuck coleman coleman yeah tevin coleman tevin coleman had some really good games for the 49ers in this offense. And he had some good games uh, for Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan at the helm as well. And so, I mean, this, this running back system that Kyle Shanahan imposes is the best in the league. And you have the best running back in the league operating the best running back offense in the league. This is a test that Dallas hasn't faced either. So yeah, their, their run, run defense might be strong, but, but the Niners running, uh, running attack is really strong as well. So uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Long story short, I am cautiously optimistic about the 49ers being able to selectively choose when to deploy running plays or having Christian McCaffrey, the running back, maybe line up in the backfield and go out as a pass, like on a motion or something like that. So, so, I mean, there's more that Christian McCaffrey is going to get his, okay. I'm not worried about that part of it. I don't know if he'll get in the end zone or not. Touchdowns are the toughest thing to predict, but I know that he's still going to play, play well because he is an all pro caliber 
player who got snubbed out of a pro boss pro bowl spot this year because he spent half the year in Carolina. Yeah, I think, I mean, Leonard Fournette to me is not a slouch by any means, but he was held to only 11 yards, you know, on five carries where Rashad white, but 41 you know, yards, honestly, seven Tampa, carries. Bay, Tampa Bay looks terrible this year. I mean, they everybody, did. everybody looks old. Um, you know, I'm terrified as a Raider fan. Uh, I still support the Raiders, even though I'm pissed off about the whole situation. Like, I, I really hope that Tom Brady is not the option. I really, I mean, unless it is Stidham or Tom Brady, you know, I, I guess I'll go with Brady. But if there's there's rumors about Aaron Rodgers, I'd rather and Devontae Adams, you know? Um, oh, God. You know, I would say retire. retire. I, I'd rather go that route if that's possible. But, I mean, Tampa Bay, um, they didn't look good here. They just couldn't get in rhythm. Um, so, I mean, Leonard Fournette getting 11 yards against a really good Dallas defense. I mean, the thing to piggyback a little bit off of what Vince is saying is – I think we said this before is, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a running back who can be a wide receiver and Debo's a, a wide receiver who can play running back. Um, I think they can get, they can thin Dallas's defense out, um, get, you know, spread them wide, uh, audible McCaffrey, you're moving Debo and, you know, Elijah Mitchell has shown that he's been pretty good um, when his number is called. Um so I, I think what it's going to come down to, honestly, it's going to come down to Brock Purdy, and I believe this is going to be the game where the the legend is really born. I really believe that because um, he's going up against a very good defense, but I think the 49ers defense is, you know, just as good, if not a little bit better. Um, the statistics say they're, they're the number one defense. The you know, Bosa, so. Bosa is a monster, a monster i mean he absolutely wrecks the game um in so many ways and i and so does micah parsons um i just think the the 49ers defense is a little bit better and i think that brock purdy's there's this is birth of a of a legend you know this is going to be a big thing and uh i think it's coming down to uh that little bit of a it factor um, I mean, Purdy kind of reminds me a little bit of Joe Burrow and he just, he just makes the plays, man. And I think the 49ers are, are a little bit better. That's fair. Um, you got any more on this Vince? No, no. I think, uh, I think we should probably just, you know, get a little couple of points in on some of these other games that happened wild card weekend before we move on to making our picks for this coming week divisional. So uh, I think uh, let, let's let's go back to the Jacksonville and the Chargers game. Uh, Doug Peterson, baby. Yeah, that's right. Um, I actually I, I saw videos of Philly fans like openly weeping, saying, "I'm so happy for Doug Peterson." I you said know? last week that like I I got love for Doug. It just you know front office and him had different views and opinions on things, but Doug was never the problem. Carson Wentz was the problem. Yeah. So. I mean, you're down 27 nothing at that point. You know, it's supposed to be a laugher. You're supposed to be – you're on to the next week already. And then you only get sunshine. three points. Yeah, Sunshine <laughs> shows up uh, in the second half. Oh, that's another guy. Maybe he just needed to get some – like um, some first-half jitters, you know, out of his system. 
because he he was as bad as he looked. He looked terrible in that first half. Like it was embarrassing. He had five, like five turnovers, right? Four picks. Um, it was I, I it was disgusting. That. I heard I some people calling he, uh, uh, son, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they were calling him Trevor Lawrence of Arabia because he came <laughs> back in the second half. Showed oh, up. <laughs> You know what I love? Uh, he balled out. Lawrence. You know what I he love about it all is balled that he, out he that balled second. out, did what he had to do, won that game, you know, the last second. But I love that he went to Waffle House afterwards. <laughs> it was just like, I'm just going to go to Waffle House. Yeah, ready to, he's ready to fight, man. I love it. Um, He's also still in his his entire lifetime undefeated on Saturdays. On Saturdays, yeah. On Saturdays. Every Saturday game he's ever played in his life, he has won. At least we, that we, we also, know of. I don't know. There might also, have been a, some Pee Wee League game when he was four that he didn't win. I don't know. I didn't check the stats back that far. We also didn't say it, but also the 49ers, every time an opponent has played them this year, have gone on to lose the the next game. So yep. I guess I guess you could say Seattle's going to lose the next game too because there is no more games for them too. So I guess that still stays true. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that stat is going to hold firm uh, for the rest of the year, I think, uh, no matter what. Uh, I guess technically if the Niners, you know, shit the bed against Dallas and lose, uh, <laughs> uh, then, you know, you can see Dallas lose the following week and that might go 16 and 0 uh, on uh, 0 and 16 on that stat. But I want to, yeah, I want to switch over to the chargers real quick. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, Bosa throwing his helmet down and uh, oh, yeah, Joey. Uh, Staley picking it up and handing it to him and then he throws it down again. I mean, it's just just a bad look. How do you come back with that coach? Like they're, they're getting rid of the offensive coordinator. That's what they're doing. They fired the OC. That's your bad take from that. You guys don't know the rest of this. So uh, Bosa gets interviewed after the game. This is uh, Joey Bosa, just to clarify. Uh, Joey Bosa gets interviewed after the game. And he's talking about, specific that referee that didn't call an obvious holding call right but he didn't get called right so joey Bosa in the post-game interview is just saying that he's tired that these refs don't get penalized uh and that this ref doesn't get penalized for you know making blown calls and um it just it aggravates it pisses him off he's that ref is probably going back and saying like oh i got him i got him right and and this is where you're like, okay, I get it. Now, keep in mind, this is an African-American ref. And then Joey Bosa then ends the interview by saying, I'm just fucking sick and tired of these people. And I was like, oh, it was all good until you said that. So we're already on record that him and his brother are nicknamed Confederate Bosas. And then he goes and says that. So it got a little worse at the end of the game. Ugh, that's not a good look at all. Um, I did not hear that. At, you know, so uh, that's if he had said these refs, he'd still be in the clear, he'd but now, but now these people, when he says these people, that's when you add in a little bit of potential racism, I guess. I, I want to keep us like, you know, from be- saying something to, you know, yeah, I, I, bad, I but, you know, I'm but not going to go that far. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. I hear, I hear the context. Um, but I mean, I wasn't, I don't know the guy, you know, um, it's not something I would have said. At least I, I, I don't think I would have said something like that. But that's a dumb comment to make. 
you know, he probably shouldn't have said that just it, because of the how it gets interpreted, because that's kind of like one of those things where it's like it can be interpreted that way, you know? Well, it doesn't help when you already have a track history as well. So that that, that doesn't bode well uh, in its own right. But that I'm, assu- I'm going to I'm assuming he's referencing the refs because he's talking about refs should be held to a higher standard. So I'm assuming that. But even though he then says even giving him the benefit of the doubt, I'm like, dude, you should be (laughs) a little better. His statements go from these refs to that ref is probably sitting in the back saying he got me to I'm sick and tired of these people. So it escalated. Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. So, again, head coach isn't getting fired from Chargers. Um, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think the OC being fired now, it's pretty much solidified that I think that Unless something drastically changes, head coach will not be fired. He'll be back next year. You guys think the same thing? Yeah, I mean, th- that, I was really thinking Brandon Staley would be the guy to lose his job. Um, if it, him and Mike McCarthy, they were on the hottest seats of the playoff teams. Uh, but obviously Mike McCarthy won, so he's just earned himself another year uh, with because of Jerry Jones. And so that means Brandon Staley losing. He probably should have got the ax. And, I mean, we called it out last week. That being said, you fire the offensive coordinator. That's the last bullet you got, the, a, a guy yeah. that can take a bullet for you. So if, if something happens next year, if they, you know, get off to a poor start, it's Staley's done. So yeah, like, like his seat He's is going to have a very absolutely. Yeah, that is uh, he, he might as well be sitting on a volcano. That is a yeah. hot seat, man. Uh, I, I do not want to be that guy uh, going into next year. Well, going from one short leash to another, uh, is Harbaugh here next year after that game against Cincy? Uh, oh, John Harbaugh? Um, yes. I think so. I, it, like, uh, th- that, uh, I think Baltimore and you know, Pittsburgh, those are two teams uh, that do not like to make changes unless they absolutely have to. And, I mean, you know, John Harbaugh got them into the playoffs again, and I just – I don't see – uh, if he was going to be fired, it would have happened by now already. We would have already heard about it. I just, I think his job is safe. He, his job is safe and secure at least through next year, at least for sure. I, I, I don't know what happens next year, but I, think I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on between the franchise and um, Lamar Jackson. Um, I, you know, I'm not tapped into every single detail of what Baltimore's doing. Um, but it seems like this contract negotiation before the year and the extension is like both sides are a little salty, you know, about some stuff and this injury and there's some weirdness going on. Um, so I think if there's a chance that Baltimore can retain Lamar Jackson, I, and it, they have the only way Harbaugh does not come back is if it's because there's a beef between him and Lamar Jackson. Um, otherwise, I, I think they're I think, tied together. I really I think do. They're, yeah. And, and I, I think that game was so poorly managed by Harbaugh in the last minute. You have two timeouts with a minute left and you're on the 35 yard line and you get to the goal line and you don't call or use a single timeout. I think it's atrocious. I think that's a terrible play calling from a coach that's been there for over a decade at this point. So yeah, um, I think Harbaugh is tied to Lamar Jackson. If they don't retain Lamar Jackson, I think Harbaugh will see the door. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to be a shocker. Um, lastly, let's touch base. 
on the choke artist known as the Minnesota Vikings. Um, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. can the legend of Kirk Cousins just won't die? Yeah. Like he writes his own story and kills himself every single season. Man, I this uh, it's it, it's uncanny how many times we see you know um, primetime Kirk Cousins can't get the job done. I mean. Was he won one nighttime game in his entire life? I mean, like in the NFL level, and that happened fairly recently. It might have even been this year. I don't know. Um, but they were like 11 and 0, I think, in close games this year, uh, one score games. And when you're in that many one score games and you keep coming out on the good end of it, sooner or later, that's going to start to balance out. So, um, not only did Minnesota lose this game, I'm, I think next year, they might have trouble reaching 500 because, you know, oftentimes we saw that with the Raiders this year, last year, they won all of those close games this year. They kept blowing away leads because mm-hmm. they couldn't, you know, the, the pendulum swung back the other way. Um, uh, they regressed to the mean and then a little bit past that. So I think we're, I think Minnesota is a prime candidate for regression uh, next yeah. year. They, they, they won way too many close games and that doesn't happen typically year after year. Yeah. I, I 100% agree, Vince. I, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I just don't understand how your last play, you need eight yards, and you throw a three-yard check down to your tight end. That makes yeah. absolutely no sense. That, yeah, I, I don't you, know. You think he was oh. going to break for five yards? on, the, on a, it's, it's, it's a dumb play, dumb call altogether. But – now my Eagles get to play the New York Giants next week. I'm super excited for it. I'm also a little bummed because I'm going to be at a friend's birthday party, so I'll probably be watching on my phone the whole entire time. So <laughs> sorry about it. But, uh, you know, priorities, you know? So Priorities. Um, <laughs> priorities. A uh, couple of things to touch on here. We, it looks like we have a neutral side if KC and Buffalo should meet in the uh, following round after this. Uh, I think that should be fun. Do we know what the, the... – It's Atlanta. Atlanta. Think, okay. Uh, right. Was it Atlanta that they decided on? I thought it was. I think I, you're I, right on that. I, I feel like I heard them. Say I don't know. Let's, let's flip a coin. Let's find out. <laughs> uh, so last thing I want to touch base to as well, while Vince is trying to figure out where that stadium is going to be. Uh, Derek Carr finally pins. It is Atlanta. Goodbye. It is. It is Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Perfect. Uh, so Derek Carr finally pins his goodbye to the Raiders organization. Um, I know that we need to get to other sports, so, you know, make sure you monitor yourself, Sam, but you may have the floor. Um, man, it's just, um, it's sad, you know, because I said this a few times already is for the past nine, 10 years, um, he was kind of the only player that was decent. Um, you know, he holds a lot of the all time passing records for the Raiders. Um, a lot of that had to do with longevity um, since he was with, you know, the franchise for the amount of time he was. Um, I'm not the biggest Derek Carr defender. I, I've criticized this guy a majority of his career. Um, you know, now the tables have turned and really it's, I'm not defending his play. I'm not defending his, um, clearly he didn't get it done to a level that I think fans uh coaching the everybody expected he did he didn't look the same however um even with that said i just thought um he could have been shown a little bit more respect as a as a a veteran 
uh, who's exiting. Um, and also, this is kind of a similar, I think what worries many Raider fans out there is as much as we want to believe in a process and, um, you know, get, getting this team competitive to win a Super Bowl is you, you want to trust it. Um, but it's hard when th- this is the same exact situation that happened in Denver with Josh McDaniels. I mean, it is the same exact situation. And it's a little concerning for me because at that time, Jay Cutler was a pretty considered an upper third quarterback as, as far as a quarterback passer. And on the way out, it was a lot of bad mouthing of Jay Cutler and, and, you know, he left and Jay Cutler is kind of a weirdo and and there's been reports about him. Um, But now on the way out, there's a lot of uh, reporters who during the season defended Derek Carr and put all that blame on coaching are now throwing shade at Derek Carr. And that's coming from the organization, clearly. Um, I just don't, I'm not a fan of uh, the organization kind of taking shots at Derek Carr um, or any player on the way out, uh, somebody who has been here for, for 10 years. Um, so I just think the the Raiders could have showed a little bit more class. Uh, the Raiders publicly, openly say that they want to be the organization that treats former players the best. There's a cliche of, uh, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. That was Al Davis's personal belief. Um, there's just a lot of things that don't seem, um, very Raider tradition other than losing and blowing games. Um, (laughs) you know, so that's really all I got. Um, I wish Derek Carr the best and, um, I hope he goes to the jets with, uh, uh, Vince's boy, Robert Uh, Sala. Yeah. And um, well, let's let's save that because I, what I want right. to do is next week I have a uh, we're, we're pressed for time. Um, yeah. I have a conspiracy theory that I have with the Raiders, and I think it will go in well with uh, where we think Derek Carr's next landing next landing spots will be. So we'll, we'll save that for next week. Um, but yeah, no, I do wish all the best to uh, Derek Carr in his next endeavors. And you know, I I agree with you that once a Raider, always a Raider. But um, you know, and you don't get Devonte Adams without Derek Carr. And kind of feels like, hey, we'll suck it up and get Derek Carr. We'll keep Derek Carr for a year. We get Devontae Adams. We get Derek Carr out of here. You know, it, I don't know. There's just a lot of weird stuff going on in Raider land. So I agree. I agree. For sure. For sure. Well, let's jump into the fun part of the night here. We uh, we had picks last week as far as who we thought we're going to move on to the next rounds. I don't want to tell you uh, how I know how to pick things, but it seems like I know how to pick things here. So uh, Vince, who's in the lead here? All right. So Tyler got five out of six uh, games right on wildcard weekend. The only one he got wrong was the Vikings, which we all got wrong because we all picked the Vikings like idiots instead of the giants. Um, Sam, Sam had four, right. And I have three, right. Um, Now this is a reminder that uh, wildcard round was worth one point division round is going to be worth two points for each pick. So nobody is out of it yet. Um, championship will be four points and Super Bowl will be eight points. 
Also, I think I'm going to give some bonus points if you picked uh, Super Bowl participants in the preseason correctly. Um, so, so me and Sam still have both of our teams uh, alive. Tyler still has the Bengals alive. Uh, the Rams are not. So uh, we got a chance here still. Plenty of time. Plenty of playoff football uh, to get these picks made. My bracket ain't right. busted. Nope, neither <laughs> is mine. Uh, so that being said, wait, 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 wait. You guys didn't pick the Vikings. Wouldn't that mean your bracket is busted? No. I mean, I'm talking about hey, my our Super Bowl a, picks. The, the Super Bowl picks from the preseason when uh, me and Sam both picked the Niners and Bills, but we have different winners, and you picked the Bengals and the Rams. So your Super Bowl well, pick is your Super Bowl bracket. preseason. I think it's a two it, pick. And, and yeah, no. So, I mean, this is not a bracket bracket. It's, I think you know, Jimmy I was, Buffett would have a different idea what a bracket looks like when you're trying to win a million dollars from him. Yeah, whatever. Jimmy <laughs> Buffett, uh, whatever. I, I don't need to insult the man. He's made millions. Have fun, buddy. I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah, he's, a, he's great. I love it. So what do All we right. got? Let's go. Moving on. So Philadelphia gets to play host to the Giants. Uh, so Tyler, I have to imagine you're going to pick your boys, right? You're not going to shy yeah. away from this right yeah, yeah i'll let you guys do your hot takes it's pretty straightforward uh giants look you've had a great season dable's been great you guys are playing motivated but uh you're just gonna just hit a brick wall unfortunately sorry hate to say it all right sam what do you got who do you got giants or eagles who's the starting quarterback for the eagles uh that would be jalen hurts yeah as long as he's healthy eagles are gonna win he played the last game of the season and he said pretty much two weeks off yeah, so um, I'm actually on the Eagles as well, so nobody's going to make up any ground on that pick. Um, ne- uh, so the next game that we have oh, – oh, by the way, that Eagles-Giants game, that is Saturday at 5.15 p.m. Um, the other Saturday game is the Chiefs playing host to the Jaguars. So Mr. Saturday gets another Saturday game. Anybody willing to jump on this bandwagon? Anybody willing to do it? Anybody going to pick the Jaguars? <laughs> Oh God! I really want I want them to win because you know no nobody likes the Chiefs. Um, I want them to win. I want the Jaguars to win because I I really like Trevor Lawrence. Um, As soon as they got Peterson, I said, "Oh my God, he's going to get back on track. He's going to be the quarterback." Um, But unfortunately, the Chiefs are just way too good. What you know. Next year, though, the Jacks could be really good next year. Yeah, I, I'm also uh, regrettably on the Chiefs. Uh, I just – I would love to see it. I would love to see this upset happen. It would re- it would be a lot of fun. The, the Jaguars have been a lot of fun. Uh, I just – I'm with you. I just – I don't know that it's going to happen this time. I think, I think Trevor Lawrence finally gets his first career loss on a Saturday. Uh, Tyler, you going to do it? God, it's so hard, man. I mean, look, the Jaguars defense is is middle of the pack in the whole league. You know, I think they're like 17th or 16th, something like that. But so is the Chiefs defense. It's not great either. It's it's literally gonna come down to how good is Mahomes this Saturday? Is he is he enough to to overcome any adversities that he might see, which is probably pretty limited. Man, if I if we agree, we're never gonna be able to break away here. Don't worry about it. We got we got other we, we got don't worry about it. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Worry about what you're doing. I think Doug Peterson, the Jaguars are gonna do it. Let's go, baby. Let's roll the dice. Seven on eleven. All right, <laughs> we got somebody on board. And if this fucking happens, away. if this happens, man, um, 
I'll, I'll be happy to lose the points on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so absolutely. yeah. Yeah. So um, Sunday, 12 PM uh, Bengals are traveling to Buffalo to take on the bills. Um, Tyler, I have to imagine you're sticking with your uh, Bengals, right? Yeah. I don't have a choice in that one, but also too, I do think watching that game uh, bills looked a little rattled. Do they have enough firepower to beat the Bengals? Sure. But I think the Bengals are going to get it done. They've, they've, they've gotten their dirt, I mean, their face rubbing the dirt a couple times here and they're over it. We want a rematch and they want it. They're here for it. All right. So uh, I'm going to pick the bills um, because I just, I, I, I think the storyline is, uh, is really good with the, the whole Damar Hamlin situation, I think. And also I had the bills preseason. So I really need them to come through um, as well. So Sam, what about you? I definitely got sticking with the Buffalo bills. Um, this, this game is really crazy um, with the whole plot lines and, you know, Hamlin and the game being canceled and um, the quarterbacks, you know, the young quarterbacks, um, both of them are amazing. Uh, I like both. I really like both teams, like just to watch, like they're just both really fun teams to watch, but I think the bills are going to pull it out. Totally fair. Um, so that leaves us with the prime, the, uh, the closest thing to prime time that we have. It is the Niners and Cowboys game. I'm going to shock you all. And by shock you all, I mean, not shock you all and pick the 49ers to win. Um, I, I think the 49ers are, are they're, they're possessed. Basically they have, uh, they, they have one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league. We've gone in depth on him uh, earlier in this podcast. we, uh, we, we, we know the defense is a top one defense in the league. And, and I, I'm just really excited to expose the fraud boys and to handle Tyler's light work. Let's go. Bang, go ahead, bang, go ahead, gang. Go ahead Sam. Oh, 49ers all the way, man. Um, Brock Purdy is the it factor. He, he has it. He's going to lead this team past uh, the Cowboys. You know, uh, McCarthy didn't mess up the game last week but he's due. He'll do it this week. So. <laughs> I love it. All right, Tyler, are you going to do it? Boy, last week I said I wanted all that smoke. I said I'm about all that action. And I'm going to miss my opportunity to take advantage of that? No, sir. Cowboys in an upset. And I'll even do this. You can minus one point if I'm incorrect here. Cowboys win by a field goal, three points. You know what? Um... I, I will not take you up on that because Damn. I just want to keep the math simple. I already have my formulas set up in my tracker. I don't want to have to recode everything. I'm Dude, not my, in the mood. my, my picks are colorful. Yeah. You're you you are me and Sam are lockstep this week. Uh, you're, you guys you're going are Christmas colors. Yeah. You're, you're going out on a limb in three out of four of these games. So it's gonna We're going to see either some separation or we're going to uh, get, get bunched so, up again, man. I'm going to get so much hate for picking the Cowboys over the 49ers and I'm I get it the 49ers should win this game but I really want this action there's been way too many cowboy fans talking to me that I can't let it go I just can't I don't know who you are anymore Tyler I, I don't know I, I can't do it I already have friends that are 49ers fans that <laughs> everybody told it. me that they're not going to talk it. to me anymore they can't said win that, with them they said if they said I if want the winners 49ers if the Eagles and the 49ers play against each other they're going to be like I don't even know who you are 
I don't, you're not even a person to me anymore. You're just an acquaintance of an acquaintance. That's right. You're just a battery throwing at Santa schmuck. That's what you are. <laughs> what? Oh, oh um, you don't know, oh, Tim? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's I don't know. Team. It's, it's Tim, your we, team. We, um, the Eagles fan base is um, the best fan base and by far the worst fan base out of any fan base. Um, Bill's Mafia could be interesting. The Eagles fans could be that way, but we're not. We're terrible people. Um, they have thrown <laughs> frozen batteries at Santa Claus at football games. Um, there was a dead football player, and they brought a coffin with his name on it. Like, they're terrible, terrible people. And the only people who are fans of Philly fans are Philly fans. So, you know, I do I advocate what they do? 100% not. Do I agree that they're the worst fans of all? Yes, and I relish that. I I mean I hear it's always sunny over there so I, I don't know why they're so dis like so bad. Have you, that episode is all rage fits about the Eagles. That's that's quintessential an Eagle fan right there. That whole show, the way they talk <laughs> about the Eagles is exactly how I talk about the Eagles. So it's a perfect uh, perfect dynamic right there. Perfect. All right, so I guess that wraps up our divisional round picks. Just uh just one quick reminder. We'll break it down. Uh, Eagles and Giants, we're all on the Eagles. Niners, Cowboys, me and Sam have the Niners. Tyler has the Cowboys. Chiefs, Jaguars, me and Sam on the Chiefs. Jaguars is the pick from Tyler. And then Bills, Bengals, me and Sam uh, both pick the Bills. Tyler picks the Bengals. Tyler just wants to be different, I guess. He, he wants I'll tell you to right now, if I, if I pick these right, I'm buying, I'm buying a lottery ticket immediately after Sunday's game. Yeah, um, as you should, I think. Yeah, that, at, at that point, if you go... Especially with the Jaguars pick, man. Like, if the Jaguars pick happens, um, and that's the first game this weekend, um, that might actually have me shaking in my boots more than anything the Cowboys will say or do. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So, there is your picks, and we are on the board, and we are ready to roll for next weekend. Sweet. All right, boys and girls. Um, I think it's time to jump into some fun fanfare that happened over the past week. And I'm talking about the NBA. The NBA set a record. And Vince, where do they play? What was the number? So uh, 68,323 fans paid to watch a basketball game at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio to watch the Warriors take on the Spurs and to watch the Warriors absolutely wax the Spurs. Uh, they won for 144 to 113, and it wasn't as close as the score might indicate. Yeah, it was a great game. I actually got to tell you, I kind of got motion sickness from that game. And then I got over it a little while. It's 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 how far away the camera boom was actually from the actual court. That was kind of a weird dynamic for me. And then they had this really cool sky cam. And you got to see, like, plays break down. And you got to see Curry's movement and Clay and Poole's movement and, and how the offense and the defense works. I kind of think that that might be a blueprint going forward for other NBA games. I know that the final sometimes has a sky cam, but this legit had a sky cam that they would show throughout the game that I think should be implemented more. I think you get a better dynamic of what's going on on the court and you can see things develop a lot better than if you're just looking as if you're in, you know, the 15th row up on the side there. So um, I like it. I, it was great. I'm so yeah. excited that the Warriors have to set that record too. I will say I'm not really that huge of a fan of NBA games 
in massive stadiums. I think uh, most of the fans are a little bit too far away from the action. Uh, you know, you got to bring your, go- you got to bring your uh, binoculars uh, to be able to see anything uh, if you're in the second deck or, or further away. And, uh, but because they are so much further away, like you said, you get a lot more interesting things you can do with the cameras. And so the experience for people watching at home, I think is better, but for the fans that paid to go watch this game, uh, especially if you got some of the cheap seats, man, I yeah. don't know that it's worth it to me. I, I, unless I was in the front section, like that's on the field itself. I, I don't know that I would pay the money um, to do that. It's, um, it's a cool thing. It's a cool experience that you can say, Oh, remember when? And I think the last time they did this, like I remember Phoenix played at the baseball stadium once. Um, I know that the bulls uh, held the previous record for attendance uh, because they, they set up shop at um, I think it must've been soldier field. Um, so yeah, I, I think- mean, I've seen it before, but I just, I, I I'm not a fan uh, of it as a fan uh, in the stadium. I, I do like the interesting stuff with the camera work. Yeah, I thought Skycam was cool. I'd love to see that more. I'd love to see it in a, in a normal weekday broadcast when you're, you know, CSN, whatever area market you're in, you know, Bay Area, Boston, LA, whatever, right? I'd like to see that. I also think that basketball does a good job of coming to the masses in unique ways, you know? So they played in a baseball field. They played in a, in a gigantic football arena. They played on a battleship before. So um, I think basketball is pretty cool with, with how they handle certain things like that. but. I agree with you that if you're in Alamo Dome and you're in all the way the nosebleeds, you're not going to see anything. You're basically watching what you could have watched at home on, on the big screen over there. Um, so I, I agree with you on that aspect that being a fan there is not as fun as being a fan on TV and watching it. So uh, just to give you some uh, wrap up scores on that uh, before they went to San Antonio, they played against Phoenix lost 125 to 113 but I do want you to know that uh Damian Lee did get his ring in front of Chris Paul who did not play but was present so shout out to Damian Lee for getting your ring thank you for everything you did for the team uh again we touched on San Antonio uh then we go to absolutely stink the bed against Chicago uh 132 118 we had 25 turnovers it was the most ridiculous thing they scored like 48 points off our turnovers it was stupid and then we go to Martin Luther King Day and we play an afternoon game against Washington. Uh, we end up winning the game 127 to 118. Much better game. You know, not, not as many fouling, very little, low term, turnovers. I think we had like nine or 10 turnovers. So it was great. Uh, we are currently sitting seventh in the West at 500 ball. My last question, and we can move on. Are you a buyer or a seller coming this all-star break, Vince? If you can be a buyer, you buy. Um, I don't. If you're going to sell, you have to sell, you know, to make uh, cap space. Basically, that's the only reason to sell at this point. Um, You're committed to this core, though, of, you know, Clay, Dre and uh, Steph Curry. So I I don't you want to try to get as many titles as you can with this core intact. And I mean, Dre's money is due soon. I don't know, you know, what his market is going to be outside of Golden State he's far more valuable to golden state than to any other team. I think so. I, even if you tried to trade him, I don't think you're going to get the value that you want, that you would expect to get for him. So, so yeah, I think you have to be a buyer and it's either buy or stand pat. And right now they're, they're a middling club right now. They're, they're 500, they're 22 wins, 22 losses. 
and a lot of losses on the road. Almost like they've been historically bad on the road for the Warriors, at least, um, at least definitely with this core. So I just uh, you got to try to make improvements where you can. Obviously, with the salary situation where it is, you can't do much. You kind of got to nibble around the edges. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope they can find somebody uh, to help this team out. Sam, you're up next. What do you think? Are you buyers or sellers of this season? <laughs> totally a buyer. Well, if they can. Um, I just don't know what they could do. Um, I don't know because I I think um, Wiggins you can't trade because he signed an extension. Um, so you can't trade Wiggins until the offseason, I believe. Oh, um, you are right in that. There's select players that because of how much they're making, yeah. no team can acquire them. LeBron yeah. James is one of those is two. Yeah. Correct. So there's all these like contract stuff of, you know, who can be traded because they just signed an extension and then you have to have salary cap numbers match. So I, I don't know who they would be able to target and dance with. I think you might see something that might be a, like a minor deal that maybe gets a, a player that fits really well um, into the system. Um but I don't think you're going to see, you know, I don't think you're seeing James Wiseman get traded or Kaminga get traded. Um, I don't think we're going to see something like that. Um, well, let me, let me shoot out some names that have been populating in the Warriors round. And then you guys tell me if you think it's plausible. We'll call it smoke or fire. Smoke being it's not going to happen. Fire it's definitely going to happen, right? Um, one of the names, first name being brought, brought around the list here is um, – Oh my God. Uh, the point guard for Chicago that I'm drawing a blank on right now. Caruso. Caruso is uh, the number one list for the Warriors. And what do you guys think? Smoke or fire? I mean, if you can get them, uh, but it depends on what you're giving up, you know, but if you can get them, Caruso is a really good player. Um, obviously I didn't care for him much when he was a Laker, but that was because he, you know, he was, he did his job. He was, he sandpaper, you know, right. he's re just really gritty. And, um, uh, really, uh, he, he's a, he's a pain in the ass, uh, when he's playing against you, but when he's on your team, that's a guy you love to have. Uh, he's an irritant. Uh, yeah. Just a, a, an energy guy. And I would love to have him. I don't honestly, I, I, I don't know what the trade is going to like going to be. What are they going to have to give up to get any of these players? So I, I think, I'm going to say smoke because I don't think they're going to be able to acquire anybody. Yeah. I think smoke. the reason why I would say smoke on it too, is because you already have that, you know, in, in DiVincenzo, he's already a gritty point guard who does all the dirty work. I mean, the guy gets rebounds like it's going out of style, right. For a point guard doesn't make any sense. As far as your draft capital of what you're going to trade, you're definitely going to trade a pick or two. And I hate to say it, but I think Moody might be, an asset that could be traded if it should come down to it. And it's only because he's not getting enough play time. He's not getting what he's, I mean, to be fair, he's kind of been wrung out of the rotation, unfortunately. And that's only because of how many people are playing at his position. So um, I think that's one too. Another name that came up too was uh, Kyle Kuzma. I'm going major smoke on this one. Absolutely. I'm not taking this with a grain of salt. It's not happening. Uh, yeah. Smoke. Smoke. Yep. All right, and then it's the just, last it's just, one. It's just not going to work. Is I just don't think it would work. Like I don't think there's a deal to be had. The last one that I'm hearing, he is a free agent. 
he's a big man. He's a center. His name is Miles Leonard, and he hasn't played because he's been reforming himself after his anti-Jew comments that he said on Twitch three years ago. This is oh. before the whole uh, uh, Kyrie Lowry, Ky- Kyrie Irving, I'm sorry, uh, fiasco. That's the other name. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to touch that at all. Like, like uh, let somebody else uh, step on that landmine. Uh, smoke. Yeah, I, I don't. I I don't think they're going there either. Um, no. Well, good because Lakers seem to be the front runners for that one, so the Lakers get to handle that mess, which seems unbefitting for them. So. Yeah, yeah, right. they they well, can deal with that. <laughs> so we're in agreement that the Warriors just are going to have to stay packed. They can't sell. Yeah. They can't buy. Yeah, it's fine. I I think we'll see. I mean, if they can string three road games together, it'll change my mind. But until they can do that. I think they might have to probably maybe sell Miles or uh, Moses Moody for draft picks and see what they can get. I think you just you have to see. You, you can't you can't win with this, you know. I can't win with them. I can't play with them. What are you gonna do? Yeah. You gotta just hope they figure it out, man. Because that that's all you can do. You're pretty much pot committed at this point, and uh, Joe Lacob is paying out of the ass in luxury tax fees. So um, true. If if they they figure it out. Uh, great. If they don't figure it out, maybe this is the sign of it's time to start moving some pieces on and we'll see what happens. But this is definitely off season uh, discussion. Absolutely. I don't think that's something sure. for, for right now. Right now you're just playing with everything. Well, you know who did figure it out? Finally, after the third time, Carlos Correa has now become <laughs> a Minnesota twin. Again, he re-becomes a Minnesota twin. <laughs> So stupid. I'm so confused now. So stupid. Who six years, six years, 200 million. Um, it, it, even in our show doc, you put for real this time in parentheses. Um, <laughs> Jesus H. Fuck, man. Uh, apparently, okay. So if you haven't been listening, this is your first episode. Let's get you up to speed on Carlos Correa. He signed a massive deal with the Giants. They used a medical doctor to evaluate him. He had a uh, a pre-ankle injury or leg injury that the Giants were worried of giving him a long deal, co- a long-term contract deal because they think that injury might prove to be a problem in the future. So deal's done. He then ends up going to the Mets and signs a deal with them. But it turns out, just so that we know, we're clarified here, the Mets used the same medical doctor that the Giants used, who then told the Mets the exact same thing that the Giants were told and the Mets were not wanting to do that deal anymore because they're cautious of this injury. So what ends up happening is then he then goes back to his original team, the Minnesota Twins, and then signs that six-year deal, not this 13-, 12-year deal, whatever that he was going to get. So now you are up to speed. So take it away, boys. All right. So, I I mean, I had said uh, prior that it is – it's the length. It was the 13 years from the Giants or the 12 years from the Mets that was giving them the concern. It wasn't the money. The money itself, that's fine, whatever. He's he's a supremely talented cheater. So he, you know, so it was the 12 and 13 years that was the problem. Uh, but I had said, you know, if even if it was like eight years, maybe that, that deal gets done, you know, at a whatever the prorated money would have been. So yeah. in comes Minnesota. They they offer the six year deal for two hundred million. I mean that is that that is a supreme chunk of change. You're talking 
33 and a third million dollars a year um, uh, on average. So that is, that is, it's, it's a nice, nice bit, uh, nice bit of money to have. Um, well, even if you do have to too. live in the snow, you know, Minnesota wasn't a slouch last season. I mean, they, they were, they were pretty decent teams. So I don't think this was a bad deal for Minnesota to do this. Yeah. And they, they basically reacquired everything they had last season too. Yeah. And, and six years is the point, like um, six years, if the ankle becomes a problem in year five, that's fine. You still got most of your value out of that contract. Anyway, the problem is if it becomes a problem in year five, for the giants or the Mets in a 12 or 13 year deal, you're still on the hook for another seven or eight years. So that's where the problem was. It was yeah. the length of the contract, but now that it's a six year thing, it makes sense. I thought even eight years might be worth it, you know? So, uh, cause if you get more than half of the years, uh, worth out of, you know, quality playing time, playing time out of him, then you're, then I think it's worth it. But, you know, so, so you could get four or five years out of that, that deal, for the twins, absolutely worth it. You know, he's, he's in, like I said, he, I said cheater um, because he is, but also he's a supremely talented ball player. Uh, uh, it's a little bit of Houston Astros hate uh, for those of you unaware. So trash cans, trash, trash cans, the trash throws. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's my take. You got anything else to add to it, Sam? No, I pretty much agree. Yeah. Leave it at that. <laughs> Um, Nelson Cruz signs a one-year deal for one million dollars to San Diego. Good for him. He's power here to basically just be coming every 13 days to, to hit off the bench for the team. Um, I do want to note that San Diego has announced that they are all in on Shohei Otani next season, and he might be the first player to achieve a 500 million dollar contract, um, which is insane, massive. Uh, to give you con- some ideas, the uh, Rangers spent $500 million on two players to, uh, last season. So um, on top of that, the Oakland A's signed one of the top international pitchers and the top 50 international outfielders. And you're thinking to yourself, what? The A's made an acquisition for top talent? <laughs> you ready, guys? They're 17 years old, so you won't see them for like maybe ever. So um, I was about to say, what's the catch? <laughs> there's, there's your catch. Yeah, we you always can sign them for a lot cheaper when they're teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> Teenagers don't need nearly as much money, man. Um yeah. as, as the grown-ups. As we call it, uh draft capital when you're trying to make more trades. So um Andrew McCutcheon's going back to where it all started, baby. Pittsburgh, one year, five million dollars. Congratulations. I think this is probably gonna be his last year. If not, maybe next year, but I don't think he's gonna leave Pittsburgh again. So I think this will be the send-off for Andrew McCutcheon. Um had a great career, uh, had some great years with San Francisco as well, too. So congratulations, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, I am ready for my duck hunt. Can right. you tell me? Well, okay, let's start off with the the week at large. Uh, the Sharks went down to Arizona and won 4-2 at Mullet Arena, which is the college campus that we had talked about before. You know, 4,000 people basically showed up to watch the Sharks get a win over another two bad teams going head to head and the Sharks come out on top four to two. Then they go over to Los Angeles to play the Kings. The Kings are a lot better team than the Sharks and the Kings ended up winning four to three. Then the Sharks come home and play possibly the worst game. I think they've played. (laughs) Um, They lose seven, one to Edmonton. And again, I'm going to reuse this phrase. 
the game was not as close as the score might indicate. Uh, it was, it was disgusting. I like, I, 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 I turned it on for a little bit. I started to watch it go downhill and I was like, you know what? I, I, I can't do this to myself. This is torture. I don't need to, I don't need to inflict this kind of pain on me. There was a lot of blood on the ice. A lot of blood. A lot of metaphorical blood. Um, And then on Martin Luther King Day, uh, the Sharks hosted the New Jersey Devils and lost 4-3 in the shootout. So you get a little bit of disappointment to go with the bad play. So currently the Sharks are are 13 wins, 23 losses, 9 overtime losses. This is my drum roll. This is my drum roll. And they are 7th in the Pacific. Bang, bang, quack, quack, motherfucker. Yes. So we're ahead. We're still saying. ahead of the Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks are still in the rearview mirror. So I do. Here I we do, go. I, I do want to tell you guys a fun fact story. Uh, Los Angeles, specifically the Kings, is my first experience to like fan uh, slander I have ever gotten my whole entire life. Because oh, really? I, yeah, I so I went down. I don't know. I'm maybe 16, 17 years old. I had a Sharks hat on. I didn't understand rivalries or hatred towards another team that massive because I've been an A's fan. Everyone hates the A's, or I'm sorry, everyone loves the A's fan. You got to feel bad for them, right? But when I went down there, I walked by a bar that apparently had the Kings game on and um, they all turned their heads around. We weren't even playing them. The Sharks weren't even playing. I was just wearing a hat because I had the hat on me. And they all wanted to comment and say something about my Sharks hat and this and that. And this is when we were going to the playoffs, you know, year after year. So I guess there was a little bit of hatred, but that was my first experience to like fan slander. And I was like, huh, I feel welcomed and hated at the same time. I feel like I've arrived. Yeah. Hockey is a different thing. I I will tell you, I was actually uh, in 2014, the Sharks and the Kings played each other. This was the reverse sweep. Okay. Where the Sharks went up three, nothing and then blew it and lost, okay? So game five was in San Jose. I happened to be in LA uh, hanging out with some other friends down there. So uh, he wanted to go watch the, uh, uh, he wanted to go watch UFC fights. It was a Saturday night. I wanted to watch the uh, Sharks and Kings game. So I got my teal hat on and he's like, you know what? Let's go to um, the, the Hooters right across from Staples Center. So we go there, and wouldn't you know it, it's the LA Kings official watch party. Oh, you screwed up. <laughs> so they had the they had the rink girls there. They had the um uh like the announcer was there, they had the horn, and uh th- in this game, uh Mark Mark Edward Vlasic got injured early Pickles. on. Yeah, Pickles got injured early on, and so and and basically the sharks just like everybody was out of position on defense and uh, they ended up losing three, nothing. But I tell you what, I was, I was getting it. Like I was getting booed and stuff like that, but they, they actually came away respecting me a little bit because I was like, I was one of two sharks fans there. And the other one, his hat was basically the black on black. So you couldn't tell, like he was just trying Mm. to blend in. Um, I was no coward. I had that teal hat on and I rocked it until about two minutes left in the game when we left. Um, but so we basically stayed the entire time. Uh, so you, you dumbfoundedly became a brave soul. Um, well, I, I, I kind of stumbled into it, but I wasn't scared. I left as soon as I realized what was happening. I left that fucking thing on. I was like, come on, come at me. And, <laughs> uh, and they had some fun. They, they ribbed at me. I, you know, I, I was giving it back to them. Uh, but they, b- because hockey is, you know, the fourth popular sport, 
sometimes fifth behind soccer, depending on who you ask. Um, or which like, world th- there is a little bit of community as well. So like, like we, we can bond as hockey fans, but also still give each other shit. But if anybody else gives hockey fans in general shit about liking hockey, that's, you know, we put aside our differences and fuck them up. I will tell you okay. that a, a Kings fan here, uh, not me, but like a Kings fan that I know of, it's kind of like the baseball retrospect. And what I mean by that is that we were talking shit about, you know, the Sharks and the Kings. And then we both looked at each other and said, but like, fuck the Knights, right? And it was like, yeah, fuck the Knights, fuck the Knights. Yeah, and that's, totally. that's kind of like if you're in baseball and you want to be a Giants and A's fan and you're like talking all this crap and then somebody goes, but fuck the Yankees, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, fuck the Yankees. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> so, the Yankees, yeah, it, fuck it, the Dodgers. It's, it, it's, it's, like a res- uh, it's like a respectful, um, you know, hate. You know, I, I, I respectfully hate the Kings. I mega loathe the the Golden Knights. So, so like, yeah, it's it, it's that thing. It's like, fuck you, sir. You know, like, exactly. like I, I make it polite, a, a, a polite middle finger. It's got a little top hat, you know. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Do you have any slander, or any story, Sam, or anything you'd like to share oh, for the man. rest of the night? Ah. Oh. I, I usually tell it every year when we get to the A's playing Boston, but just being in Boston, um, in our, in our jerseys. And, um, I was with a group of friends. We, we used to travel, uh, pick a, pick a, a road trip and we would go out there, uh, one year, Vince and I, and a group of friends, we went to, uh, uh, Chicago and we got to go to a, a Cubs game and a, and a White Sox game. Um, you know, Boston was fantastic, fantastic because the A's like kicked that ass. Like the A's were, were winning and they kicked that ass. And so people were like, you really from Oakland? What's up, dog? Like, you know, like they were like, hella cool. We were talking hella shit. They were, as soon as the game was over, high five in, um, great atmosphere, um, it, it was just amazing. And I was talking shit and, um, but they knew it was all for fun. And we talked, they, you know, the Boston fan knew a lot about the A's minor league system because they know, you know, they're probably they going to be a Red Sox. You know? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're scouting out future players, man. You got to know. <laughs> hey, who's that top player in Oakland? He might look good at, <laughs> um, you know, so, done and, and you know, there's just like, I think there's a lot of good history with, uh, I know that, you know, the A's have been eliminated by the Red Sox, um, in, you know, in recent decades, I guess. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, Dennis Eckersley was a great Red Sox and he was a great Oakland A, um, you know, so I think there's players that, um, have, you know, we got no more for a year or year and a half or what at the end it? at the end you of know? his career a year and yeah. uh you know we, we didn't get a whole lot out of no more but i think we you know we appreciated no more and he was at the tail end of his uh you know unfortunate injury prone career but you know he was a great ball player and it was nice to see him um for his time so i think there's been a lot of good sharing of players as you like to you know to say it um but i had a great time in boston Chicago, I got my ass. Remember, Vince? We uh <laughs> the A's uh blew it against the Cubbies. Oh and, yeah, this shit. I mean, it was a schmackin'. Yeah. Um and it. there was this one guy um was just giving it to Piscotti. Like 
where even the Cubs fans like that are sitting next to us, this one guy like nudges me. He's, you know, with his dad and I look over at him and um, we're all in our A stuff. And the guy's like, I don't know what the hell's up with this guy. Like did, did Piscotty sleep with his sister? I mean, I don't, I don't understand because it was one fan. This one fan was giving it to Piscotty and clearly it was because he was a, you know, at one time a St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> I also think too, so the Red Sox and the A's have some good, uh, well, it's now past, a long time past, but in the 80s when the 80s were, or when the A's were in their prime and whatnot. So there were some good playoff games between the Red Sox mm-hmm. and, and the A's with the A's limiting a good portion of Red Sox playoff history there too. So I think there's a good lineage between those two teams. Um, I was at well. the uh, uh, game one. And Ramon Hernandez, uh, squeeze oh, bunt. The, the walk-off bunt, yeah. Yeah, I was at that game, man. I was at that game. I was talking so much shit to these uh, Red Sox fans that were next to us. Big, big Latino dudes. And um, they were they were around us. And then there was these other big uh, Ace fans next to us. And he just kept saying, the big dig sucks, dude. Like, I don't know if you guys know about this mega project that was called the big dig. And this is years and years ago for, for the young, if there's any youngsters or people, you're the memory faded. Um, there's this big mega project called the big dig in Boston. And this dude was, you know, the big dig sucks. Your tunnel's going to clap, like just stupid nonsense. Stuff. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, why do you keep talking about this tunnel, the big dig? And he's like, I don't know, man. I saw it on History Channel. And we started <laughs> laughing because I seen it, too. And we were just like, he was just like, the big dig sucks. It was so stupid. But, I mean, and the Red Sox fans were laughing. Like, it was it was fun. It, you know, it yeah. was, it was, they were saying stuff back. But, I mean, it's fun when a ball game is like that or a hockey game or whatever. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just well, hey, make sure to never cross that line, you know. Um, oh, that's yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah absolutely. So, so, I think about Brian Stowe, like uh, the, the Giants fan that got his head yeah. collapsed in by those Dodgers fans. So well, there, there's, it's fun to talk shit. It's fun to, like, you know, rib each other back and forth a little bit. But, you know, just be respectful and just remember that it's a game. It's We're there yeah, to have fun. You know, at the end of the day, it's if, not If the life players aren't kicking each other's ass then we don't have to kick yeah. each yeah, other. To, to yeah. To make a, a short story here. I mean, me and Sam were talking to Alex Bregman all game long and we kept it very, you know, PC, you know, we didn't cuss at him. And then another fan thought it was funny and he wanted to join in and then he started cussing. And immediately the usher was like, Hey, there's kids here. Like chill out. So yeah, exactly. if you're going to, if you're going to talk your stuff, do it, but do it in a family friendly atmosphere. If there's ways to do it, trust us. We lost our whole And that dude did come year. over to us and he, he did, he did talk to us about heckling and he was like, man, you guys are hella good at heckling, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, never, you know, if you're talking to a player and you're this close, um, you're going to be heard possibly on the broadcast and profanity is not going to be allowed. So if you're sitting this close, give them the business, but uh, don't use profanity, man. Like, don't cross that line of, of, of personal, you know, nobody's at your job screaming in you, you know, for doing something wrong or whatever. So uh, it's fun. Uh, but you know, we don't take it per don't make it personal against uh players or fellow fans. Yeah, he ended yeah. up buying us a beer too, which was pretty cool. So, but hey, um, fellas, uh, it is that time to sound us off here. Um, Vince, I'm gonna take your job tonight, okay? So, I'm at it. um, 
everybody uh you know wherever you get your podcast make sure to give us a listen uh make sure to tell your friends and family whether it be spotify apple wherever you get your podcast we are also on youtube so make sure you hit that bell get your alerts it'll let you know whenever we post a new episode and make sure to subscribe you are all you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at svt sports pod slide into our dms we want to interact with you we want to know what's going on out there and if there's some sports news or something fun that you want to tell us give us a shout out let us know so you fellas have a great night everybody else have a wonderful evening later later